Well, turn with me tonight to Genesis, the second chapter. Give us a place to start. You know, that's a good place to start most any time. It's right there in Genesis. That's where the Lord started. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about healing, physical healing, for the on Wednesday nights for the better part of this whole year since January. That's January, February, March, April, May. This is going into the fifth month. And uh, we've been studying about the many different ways that God heals us, the many methods He uses, the many different ways that are, are available to man. We've also studied the last few weeks on hindrances to healing. And tonight we're going to talk about hindrances to healing and more specifically, something that will hit close to home is why Christians that are sitting under the Word of God are not healed. Why Christians that are sitting under the Word of God and hearing the Word preached in the power of Almighty God, why they are not healed. So we need to understand that's, that's right where we're at. That's right where we're at. So we need to find out these truths where we can, where we can rectify them and get them straightened out and, 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 and get what actually belongs to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to teach on tonight why Christians that are sitting under the Word of God are not healed. If they're sitting under the Word, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word, why are they not healed? You know, excluding many different things. You, you know, it's many reasons why a man is not healed. It's many reasons. Many reasons. But if a man will go before Almighty God and ask Him if he's got anything wrong in his life, God will tell you. God will tell you, and you can handle that part. That can be easily handled. A lot of times people have sin in their life, unforgiveness, different things. Could be a hundred different things in your life. Could stop the healing power of God. But excluding all those, excluding those, I'm talking about if you've got everything right in your life, and between you and God, there is nothing that could stop the healing power of God. You see nothing. You judge yourself. You went before God and asked Him, is there anything in my life that I need to correct? Is there anything in my life that I need to change? And He gives you the green light to go ahead. There's nothing wrong. Then why is it then that Christians that are sitting under the Word of God are not healed? That's what we're going to look at tonight. Praise God. Let's pray. Holy Father, in Jesus' mighty name, now we ask that the Spirit of the living God unveil to us these truths this night, that we may see them with our spirits 
and that our hearts can rise up to the very level of the risen Lord and grasp the truths wherein you'd have us see. So, Father, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit show us and teach us things tonight that we need, unveil to us exactly what you'd have us see. And, Father, I'm asking that the Spirit of the living God would even speak through me and rise up and give me utterance in the Holy Spirit. Now, we claim that the Word will go forth now in the power and the accuracy only the Spirit of the living God can bring, and we thank you mightily for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. The number one reason that Christians sitting under the Word of God are not healed is mentally ascending that the Word of God is true. Now, don't, don't, don't close me off just because I've said something you've heard before. You know, I've, I've mentioned these things before, that just mentally agreeing that the Word of God's true is not faith. But let's actually see exactly what would stop the healing power of Almighty God if a man seemingly knows the Word of God. Amen? So let's stay open to the Spirit of God and let's learn from this that we can correct mistakes. See, it's a lot of Christians that have fallen into this thing that sit under the Word of God and have actually taken the Word of God and say, I believe every word of it and still not get the healing. Well, something's got to be wrong. There's got to be an answer. If you've got children, if you've got a wife, if you've got people in your family, if you have disease in your body and you don't know why you're not here, let's get some of these things explained and let's get the power of God working on our behalf. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, mentally, actually mentally ascending, or mentally agreeing that the Word of God is true, is the number one failure of word people. Amen. That's the number one failure. Actually mentally agreeing that the word of God's true. Now listen to me. Mentally agreeing, saying, yes, I believe that the word of the living God is true, but requiring physical or sense evidence of your healing. Mentally agreeing, mentally ascending, yes, the Word of God's true. Himself took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. But actually requiring, before you believe it, a sense evidence or a physical evidence that you are healed. This is not faith. This is not faith. Faith, all faith is, is actually believing that God's telling the truth and acting on God's Word above anything else. That's faith. That's the simple form of faith. That's all faith is. See, we need to realize that uh, faith must be based on the Word of God, nothing else, not on a doctor's report. You know, a friend of mine one time, he had something wrong with his leg, a big ball on his leg, and this lady, I think, gave him ten or fifteen dollars. I remember, I don't remember exactly the amount of money, but he carried that money that he needed. He was, you know, he was in dire need of finances. He carried that money to the doctor and giving him the doctor the, the money where the doctor could diagnose his case. He said, "Well, I want to want to know what my uh, what what's wrong with my leg, where I'll know how to pray." Well, no, that can't be right. 
He actually took the money, wasted that money. Uh, you, you know, it matters not what it is. It matters only one thing is where it comes from and who's got the cure. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right, Genesis 1.26, he says that God made man in his image. Made man in his image. God is a spirit. Man is a spirit made and is capable of his spirit ruling his mind and his body and his emotions. Now let me say that again. God made us in his image where we could operate from our spirits. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 said, May the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Not holy, 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 but holy, the whole man. Your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body. A triune man. A man is not a body with a, a spirit. By no means. You are a spirit being who lives in a body. You are a spirit being. You just have a body. The real you is your spirit. God made you in his image to operate just exactly like God operates. See, and you got the privilege of actually using God's word and even being able to uh, operate and being capable of using his word exactly like Jesus did. And Jesus said, my words, they're spirit and they're life. See, and operating from your spirit. See, God intended us to operate just like he did spirit to spirit. Him and Adam, you know, they walked in the cool of the day and had conversation. You don't think God spoke to his head, do you? God is a spirit. And if you're going to receive something from God, you're going to have to receive it from your spirit, from your innermost being. You know, last year, you know, Keith, he, he, he told me last year, we was teaching along these lines about your spirit. He's been saved five, six years. He said, I was riding down the road the other day praying in tongues and I located my spirit. I located my spirit. See, people, you need to locate your spirit and know where your spirit is that you can believe from your heart, not from your head, not from physical evidence. God never intended us to operate out here in the physical. He has no business out here in the physical. He's a spirit being. He gives us the right to operate spirit to spirit and believe from our spirits. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, Genesis 2 and 17. He, he, 16, he said, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of the tree of the garden, thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the, in the day, in the day that thou eatest of, thou shalt surely die. Well, he did not die for 930 years. Physically. God was talking to a man spiritually. Amen? Amen. All right, he's, he's... Let me read you another translation, that Gettys translation. He said, At what time that thou shalt eat of it, thou wilt incur a certain death. At the time. At the time that thou eatest of that tree, thou wilt incur certain death. At the time. Right then. Not later, but then. Colonial speech said, For the moment, for the moment you do, for the moment you do, so 
you will die. For the moment you eat of it, you'll die right then. He didn't say 930 years later you'll die physically. No, something happened to him spiritually. What happened was this. He partake of the forbidden fruit. He uh, uh, committed high treason against Almighty God. And when he did, he sinned against Almighty God and his spirit was knocked out of commission. It was out of commission and he could no longer operate in faith. Amen. Amen. He was stopped. He was stopped. He couldn't believe God. Faith. You know the opposite of faith? Fear. You ever get afraid when one of your child, child gets sick, when your children get sick? That's the opposite of faith. See, that's the opposite of faith. And as soon as Adam sinned, he said, where are you at, boy? He said, I was hid over here. I was afraid. He got fear had come upon him. And Satan had knocked out his ability to believe God. Do you understand what happened now? He knocked his ability out. He can't communicate with God. He can't operate like God anymore. Now he is no longer the God of this world and having dominion over the everything that moves on the face of the earth, but the God of this world now is Satan. And he set up headquarters right in Adam and ruled and reigned right out of Adam's spirit and every man born after Adam, the influence of death was upon him and he died spiritually. And his spirit was knocked out. He couldn't believe God. All the way God contacts somebody, he had to send Jesus Christ in the physical. Do you see that? See, he had to contact him physically. Why, they didn't know no more, no spiritual things than anything. Didn't even hardly know much about the law. All right, praise the Lord. Praise God. Man's spirit was put out of commission. He could no longer receive revelation knowledge. See, in Revelation, knowledge is the only place you're going to have faith. You understand that? Sense knowledge does not produce faith. Physical knowledge. Oh, Brother Southern, look in there. I'm healed up already. Praise God. Look in there. God heal me. Well, praise God. Thought iodine might have done that, you know. You might have just got healed because you wore it off. You've been had it on your arm six months. You understand? You understand? Look, we don't have to go by what's on my arm. We don't have to go by my emotions, my feelings, and my pain. We do not have to be ruled by this out here. We can be ruled. Jesus came and restored everything that Adam lost, friend. He destroyed the works of the enemy. As, as Satan knocked out the ability in man, Jesus restored that ability. Now, now man can believe spirit to spirit with Almighty God. Believe right out of his spirit. He don't have to go by nothing but God's word now. He don't have to go by nothing but God's word. If God said it, he can act on it and he can get God's results. Amen. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, we see man's spirit was put out of commission. He can't receive revelation knowledge anymore. All he can receive now is sense knowledge. All he can do is figure out what's good and what's evil by his experiences, by his feelings, by what contacts him from the outside, not what's on the inside of him anymore. He's got something inside of him black and dark. Death's in there. And the day you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. Spiritual death came upon that man, and he, his spirit was knocked out, and he couldn't, he couldn't even have faith in there anymore. Praise God. You say, well, that woman with issue of blood, she had faith. Yep, she just had regular kind of faith. She didn't have our kind of faith. 
Do you know that? She didn't. She said, her faith, Jesus told her, daughter, your faith made you whole. But it wasn't our kind of faith, friend. I'm telling you right now, she operated. Yes, it worked. Yes, it worked. It worked. Because God had to operate out here in the physical because man didn't have anything spiritual to operate with. Only man on the face of the earth was Jesus Christ who had the life and nature of God in him. Well, didn't nobody else have this stuff, see, until he was raised from the dead and, and, and could be born again. All right? This woman with the issue of blood... She heard about Jesus, and she came in the press behind and said, what'd she say? Said, if I can touch him with his clothes, I shall be whole. Said, what if I can touch it? I'm going to feel something out here. You understand? Understand? I'm going to touch something. And she felt in her body that she'd been healed of the plague. She was feeling something. Why did she come to Jesus? The same reason that men, women, back in the 50s would go to William Branham, A.A. Allen, Earl Roberts, Hagen, David Nunn, any of these men that preached faith and, and, and were in the healing revival, people would go to them if I can only get to them. I heard of a case and read it. I read it in, a, in one of Branham's books at an old black man that was born blind, born blind, came to Camden, Arkansas, and he, he got there late after the after the meeting was over. The meeting was already over, and he said, "Oh, oh, what did he call him? Some kind of uh, what did he call? Not pastor." I forget what he called him. Anyway, he called him, oh, Brother Branham, something like that. Oh, said, if I could have just got there, the Lord would have healed my eyes. He said, it ain't too late now. You already here. And he laid hands on that, that blind colored man, and his eyes came open. This was in the Camden News, the news media. While he was there at Camden, while this man was at Camden, a halo appeared over his head while he's preaching. It was in the paper also. See? Supernatural signs followed back in the 50s. And God had to intervene into man's sense realm because man did not have any spiritual desires after the war. Do you understand that? He had to enter in and get, get people thinking about God again. I know, I was living right after the war and everything went wild. Money was wild. You could buy anything you want to, anything. Money was flourishing. Man, people just became millionaires overnight. You could take a chicken big around your fist right there and get $5 for it. Two ninety-eight. I've been through the country many times. We run a grocery store, and if a chicken had two or three feathers on him, wasn't even feathered out good, that'd give him a dollar for it. Oh, yeah, I'd sell that. Why, you know, it is, you could sell anything. Hogwart, anything you could make. You know, money was running wild. And everybody was out here after the dollar. And God had to intervene in the 50s in the man's sense realm. Do you understand that? But I'm telling you today, God's requiring something out of his people, and that is they re return back to the original purpose is believing God with the heart. With the heart. With the heart. Praise God. Right, Hebrews 2 and 9 says, Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. He destroyed the works of the devil. He, every bit of the work that Satan wrought in mankind, Jesus undone every bit of that work that was in man's spirit. 
Not only did Jesus Christ come and destroy that old man that lived inside of man, he destroyed him and, and, and made him a new creation and put the life and nature of God in him. He said, now it's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. See, I'm not operating out here in the physical now. I'm operating on the Jesus kind of faith now. Amen. See, we've got the Jesus kind. Hallelujah. The Jesus kind just believes God's words true and acts on it. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Satan, after the day of Pentecost, he came against the church in direct confrontation, directly attacking the churches, directly attacking the Christians, even martyrdom come into the church. People were killed for the name of Jesus. Stephen's the first martyr. But Satan saw that he could not destroy or defeat the works of Almighty God by direct confrontation with them Christians. Because you kill one, the ten will jump up. Praise God. Praise God. He killed one named Jesus Christ and hung him on the cross. And, and on the day of Pentecost, 120 little Jesuses have come up. Amen. Praise God. He couldn't stop them. See, he couldn't stop them. He tried to kill them. He burned them. Great stories have been told about that period of, 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 of martyrdom and how some of them were burned at the stakes. Everything happened to them, but they couldn't do it. Satan couldn't defeat them any kind of way. And he's smart enough to know that he's losing out. So he had to get into the church some kind of way now. He had to get into the church some kind of way. And so he entered the church and infiltrated the church with sense knowledge and mental assent. There was a man that lived 340 years before Christ. His name was Aristotle. Alexander the Great, the Macedonian that com conquered the Greece, Greek Empire and spread at that time the greatest empire on the face of the earth set at the feet of, of, of Aristotle and he taught Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great uh, had studied under him. Uh, Aristotle had studied under Plato and they taught and wrote many books. Aristotle, it's been said that he wrote over a thousand books on human knowledge. Human knowledge. What man can do with his mind. In the year 1300, it even started before that with other Eastern uh, cult things coming into the church. But in the 1300, the Catholic Church incorporated into the church the philosophy of Aristotle. It entered the church, the Catholic church, and it didn't stop there. It spread the whole uh, uh, Protestant movement in all the churches. It got in all of them. What is Aristotle's philosophy is this. He excelled in the field of logic. His, he he, he, he uh, Straight logic, straight logic. You know, such things entered into the church as God give us common sense. 
This is where that comes from. God gave you common sense. If it cannot be explained logically, if it cannot be explained logically, we will not accept it. Such Bible schools today, I know of one prominent Bible school that taught that when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, that it really was not the Red Sea, but the Reed Sea, and, it, and the thing wasn't but ankle deep. <laughs> Said it wasn't but ankle deep. Said that in one prominent Bible school. See, logic come into the thing. Instead of, instead of believing God just because God said so. See, that's what faith is. Believe him with your heart. Not having to see the evidence. Not having to figure it out. But as this Aristotle philosophy came into the church, the church just engulfed the thing and said, oh yes, we'll just take it all in. And Satan moved right in. You know, I thought about it a many times after hearing that, you know, how they said that that the Israeli children crossed that sea and it wasn't but ankle deep. It would have been a bigger miracle than that for a whole Egyptian army to drown in ankle deep water. You know, someone ought to use that logic. Amen? Amen? amen. amen. Say amen to that. That's good to you. That shows your pastor's using his head. Amen? amen. Praise God. See, and people have, people have sat back and used that kind of philosophy. Oh, God gave me some common sense. No, God did not give you common sense to use to meet him. He gave you your spirit and you're to contact him by faith and believing in what he does. Amen. Praise God. If it cannot be explained to the mind, the church won't accept it. Well, I don't understand that. I don't understand. See, and sense knowledge and mentally ascending moved back into the church. It moved into the thing, and Satan had control of the church again. Do you understand what happened? And see, this thing has spilled over into the full gospel movement. People have sat under the word and said, Oh, yes, brother, Satan, I believe it from Genesis to Revelations. Oh, I believe every word on that. Do you believe that God took your sickness and bare your infirmity? I believe every word of it. Are you here? Oh no, up under my rib cage. Oh no. man, it's a knot under that hold me, and it hurts me. Well, wait a minute. You believe God's word, but you're wanting some kind of evidence out here. You're wanting some kind of feeling. You want some kind of physical manifestation out here. No, no, that's not believing God now. Believing God is the simplest thing in the world, friend. I'd rather believe God's word that he said he'd done something for me than I had believed Mayo Clinic's word with a full document says your health is perfect. I'd rather have God say one time, himself took your infirmities and bear your sickness. Hey, I'd rather him say that and I had 40 doctors give me a clean bill of health. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, the church after this came into the church, the church became void of power. It became an organization of do-gooders. That's all the church was, you know, cake bakers. They go care of the sick, you know. Go visit the sick. I've got kin folks. That's uh, they spent their life visiting the sick, visiting the sick. Never helped one of them. You know, might wash a dish for him, you know, and help him do anything can like that. Being a do-gooder, but really that ain't a do-gooder. I'm telling you what, just like a man told me, he said, you know the difference between you and my pastor? My pastor visits the, visits the sick. Said, you come expecting God to heal the sick. 
Amen. Now, it's a difference, friend. It's a difference. God wants his people to believe him, just take his word and act on his word, and he'll meet you right where you believe it. He'll meet you right where you believe him. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, we see that this mental ascending spilled over in the full gospel movement. And it robbed people of their health. It robbed them financially. It robbed them of their dignity. It robbed man of communicating with Almighty God. That's what it's done. That's what it's done. People, now listen to me, people that mentally ascend that the Word of God's true is always trying to get healed, trying to receive healing, wondering why, wondering if it's God's timing. People get into that. It must not be God's time. And they get into everything in the world because they've mentally ascended and they said, well, I know that God's Word is true and they are continually fighting the same battle over and over, over and over, trying to receive for the same, same problem over and over, never receiving, see, because mental ascension has come in. See, it creeps in. You have to be careful with this. It's easy to become passive with this. Do you know that? You can get passive with this thing. The first thing you know, you be bleeding for something, you just sit down, you know, it's going to come to pass. I'm bleeding for it. You know, especially with the faith movement, you know, we say we'll say it one time and it's coming to pass. Well, a lot of times it don't work like that. You have to keep speaking the Word of God and boldly proclaiming the Word of the living God continually. Have it fresh upon your lips all the time. Praise God. Let me ask you tonight, are you fighting the same battle or trying to get the same healing that you was last year? Something's wrong. You say, well, I know God heals. I believe that. I know it with all my heart. Well, you need to change something. You need to change something. Kind of like Leo DeRosa used to tell his baseball club. When they'd get in the slop, you know what he'd do? He'd say, y'all stay out all night. Don't um, bake cuff you. Do something. Do something if you do it wrong. You need to change something. So if you change something, do something. It don't matter what you do. If you have to, cut, cut all your hair off. Shave your hair off or something. Just start getting up at 4 o'clock instead of at 8 o'clock. If you're sleeping at 10 o'clock, sleep till 1 o'clock. Do something different around. Break the routine. Don't get in a routine with Christianity. Don't get in a routine with this thing. Do you understand? You can get a routine of getting up and saying, taking the word of God, and the MZL took me in front, bear my sickness there, yeah, and then they took me around, say all thing, and I sat down eating my damn egg and get up and go to work, throw me down, come down, and that's the end of it. No, that ain't the way it works. You have to have a fresh revelation of this thing in your spirit at all times. You have to stay right on top of it. If you don't, it'll move from right down there to up there in that head up there and it'll just be a passive thing and you'll never get what you're believing for. It's easy to become passive with this thing. I know healing. Man, I've been healed 40 times. I know how to begin heal. I know it's true. I know it's that. Well, why ain't it done happen? Easiest thing in the world, get, get passive with this thing. What is the difference between mentally ascending and believing with the heart, faith? 
Now, what is the difference? Mentally ascending is saying this, I believe the Word of God's true. Kind of like I told you about this, this man that told me he was blind. They'd asked me to come. He said, I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Can you tell me why I'm not healed? I said, yeah, I can tell you. He said, well, Brother Sullivan, I'll just tell you on the front, I can't understand it. I have been teaching Sunday school for 50 years. I've had the Holy Ghost for 50 years. And if God heals me, I'll go around this world and tell everybody about God healing me. I said, well, you'll never make a trip, son, because you ain't going nowhere. God's not fixing to heal you. <laughs> and tuned up to cry, see? Tuned up to cry. I just tell you what, I can't see nothing. Why won't God heal me? I've done my best. See, he does not understand. He's thinking God's going to heal him, and he never sees his redemption in Christ Jesus that 2,000 years ago it was laid upon the cross, every sickness, every disease, and he must act just like that's the truth. When you act like that's the truth, you get out of the boat and walk on water. Amen? You don't stand around over here and say, Pull me, oh, if he comes by me, Lord. Oh, if I could touch the hem of his garment. Oh, if the Lord would come down from heaven. No, we don't do that. Blessed be God, we walk by faith and not by sight. We can walk by our spirit and not by our head. We can walk by our spirit and not by our body. We can walk by our spirit and not by our emotions. What we feel. Oh, me, brother, so I'm hurt. Well, if you hurting, apply you some word on that, and when it goes off in your spirit, it'll come to pass physically. It must first go off in your spirit. Revelation knowledge is not head knowledge. It is heart knowledge. You know, people need to realize this. I've got a, I've got a pump. I'm going to teach on this pretty soon. I, I've been thinking about it for, for three or four weeks now. i got a pump, a water pump down there at my house, and it's a submergible pump. Do any of you know what a submergible pump is? My pump, my water well pump, is in the bottom of my well. It's not on top of the well. It's in the bottom, right in the middle of my, of my well, where the water is. My pump's down there. And when it is primed, you know what that water will do? When I turn it on, it will come up in pipes. Well, that's the same way with the Holy Spirit in you. Romans 8, 11 said, If that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, it'll quicken and make alive your mortal body. See, as you put, the, put faith into action and the Word of God, believing Him in your heart, it activates that life of God and the Holy Spirit will pump that stuff right up to your body. If you've got a place on your hand, it'll just sprout it out. If you've got something, you know, if you've got something in your back, it'll just spit it right on out. And it'll pump the Zoe life of God to that sick spot and it'll make a healing. Anytime the life of God touches something sick, it's, it's going to move. I'm telling you, it's going to move. Praise God. Alright, turn with me to Romans, the third chapter. Now, if you've got any questions about any of this we're talking about, save them and we'll have a short period of question and answer Now, we need to get a hold of this because I'm telling you why, people. It's going to come a day 
Just like I told you about Popeye one time. You know, that was that fellow named Bluto? Popeye's doing pretty good, but one day Bluto come along, and he liked olive oil, and he whooped him till he, man, he whooped him till he was ragged. But you know what happened? Popeye had something canned up, and he stepped on it, and out comes spinach. You better can some of this healing stuff, because if you live in this world, Satan will try to attack your body with sickness, just because you're living down here. So can this stuff. Put it in the can. Put it in the can. Man, have you can't open it ready. Amen. Our third chapter of Romans, the 27th verse. All right, he said, where is boasting then? You know, it sounds like he's going to boast here. It is excluded. Oh, I'm not boasting. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. All right, we're saying here that faith is a law. Faith is a law now. Now get a hold of this, Christian. What is a law? Well, let's think about it. What is a law here? He said if faith's a law, what is a law? A law is something that works every time unless it is superseded by another law. Like gravity, it is a law. I do not care how many times you throw a ball up in the air, it will come back down to the earth. I've never thrown one up and it just kept going. Have you? Huh? Why? Because it is a law. It's a law. It's a law. Well, we're talking about the law of faith. What is that? It's something that will work every time. Do you understand that? It is a law. It will work every time. God sent laws into this world, and he sent laws in that would govern this world and govern the operation of Almighty God. Faith will govern the operation of God. Do you know that? Hallelujah. He gave a formula whereby faith will work for you. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11. You know, a lot of people... Think because they can quote Mark 11, 23 and 24, they can get healed. Those are not healing scriptures. These are a formula whereby faith works. This is to show you how faith works. You understand that? This is how faith works. You know, kind of like you've heard me say, that when I was a kid, I took algebra and they had a formula or something said pi square. Well, I never did know what. I thought pi were round, you know, and cornbread square. You know, I didn't know the difference. You know, and I still don't know the difference. But it was a law, a spiritual law, went into effect when God put faith into operation. Faith is a spiritual law. It is a spiritual substance. It is not a physical substance. It is not a mental substance. It is not an emotional, a real substance. It is a spiritual substance that will cause all the blessing of God to come about in your behalf. He said, all the grace of God is yours, but we enter into the grace how? By faith. We get into the grace. What was Jesus Christ when he was on the cross? That was the grace of God. How do I receive that? By faith. Well, how, how do I go about doing that? Well, he's got a law. What is the law? It's the law of faith. How does it work? Mark eleven twenty three 23 said, for whosoever. Did you hear that? Whosoever, that includes anybody who wants to, doesn't it? That sounds like John 3.16, for whosoever. 
See, for God so loved the world that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right, he said, for whosoever shall say. Now he's got to talk, hasn't he? He said, for whosoever shall say unto this problem, unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Get away from me. I cast you out. Cast into the sea and shall not doubt where? In his heart. But shall believe. What's he going to believe now? He's got to believe something. He said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those whatsoever things he saith shall come to pass, then he'll have what he says. Now that's the law. What's he saying now? He said, you're going to have to believe that what you're saying is going to come to pass. What's going to make you talk like this? I'm going to believe in my spirit, in my heart. What am I going to believe in there? He himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, he said, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed 2,000 years ago. Looking back to the cross, you was healed at the same time that you were saved. Amen. All you got to do is getting around to receiving it. Amen. How am I going to receive it? Then you've got to put an operation of the law of faith into action. I can't just agree that this is true. I can't agree that Jesus died on the cross. I can't just agree that he took my sickness. I can't just believe that. No, I've got to believe it from my heart and say it with my mouth. Then I've got to believe that what I'm saying is going to come to pass. Then he said, Mark 11, 24, he said, therefore I say. He said, you can have what you say, therefore I say. Do you catch that? He said, look, you're going to have what you say, therefore I say. He's saying something. Do you understand what he's saying? He said, you're going to have what you say, therefore I say, that who, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen. Well, what's going to make me believe I, I received them? The Word of God. Where is it at? It's in my spirit. Amen. How do you know it's in there? Because I'm talking it out my mouth. And I'm believing what I'm, what I'm saying is going to come to pass. I'm believing that Jesus took my infirmities. He bare my sickness. And I'm speaking God's word out my mouth. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Faith is believing God's word more than any sense evidence, more than any word of any man, including a doctor. What if the doctor told you today, if you had cancer and you went to the doctor and he told you you was healed? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. That'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Praise God. It'd be wonderful. Thank God for doctors. I'm not against doctors. But God has got a way of healing you and he's got only one way and that is through his spirit. And he's going to operate through your spirit. And if you plan on getting it some other kind of way, it just don't work. God don't operate out here in the physical realm. Amen. He's going to operate right in the spiritual realm because he's a spirit. Amen. Praise. Praise God. Praise God. You know, a many person will act on the word of a man, on the word of a doctor, on the word of a lawyer, on the word of a banker, before they'll act on the word of the living God. 
Amen. Praise God. Brother Sullivan, I went to the doctor the other day and he gave me a clean bill of health. Praise his holy name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Brother Sullivan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what, Brother Sullivan? I went out to the back the other day and he told me that that I, I, I could go ahead and buy that car I've been wanting and he would loan me the money. Praise his holy name. Jesus said, I'll meet every need you have according to my riches in heaven. You know, there's no inflation, deflation, ain't man, they ain't, they ain't got no recession in heaven. Man, he's got golden driveways. He, you know, and he's going to meet my, my needs according to that, not according to what my bank account looks like. Do you see that? I'm telling you, people have fooled around with God and said, oh, if this would only happen, if I could only do this, I'd pay my tithe. Oh, if I could only make this amount of money where I could pay this, oh, I'd start being a giver. No, you'll never amount to anything. You start giving first. Your tithe ain't even giving nothing to start with. Do you know that? You ain't give a dime when it comes to your tithe. You ain't give a dime. That's God's. That's God's.